0: <laughs> uh, you can take your Bible, please. I don't hardly know where to tell you to go to. Uh, I'm going to be... I want to go back to this principle of brokenness. We have spent uh, two messages already just introducing the idea through the person of Jacob. Uh, that, yeah. and that first message we talked about Jacob blessing Pharaoh. Remember that? And the Bible says the less is blessed by the greater. It says it two times in the Bible. So at the time that Pharaoh, that Jacob appeared before Pharaoh, he was Pharaoh was the ruler of the whole world. And in the eyes of this world there was not a greater than Pharaoh. But God's eyes are not our eyes. And God said Jacob blessed Pharaoh. He was he was just a shepherd and he has he was walking with a limp. He had been through the battles. He had the scars. He had lost his uh, his his boy and and grieved for years. But in God's eyes, it was right. He had suffered a lot of things, but the principle of brokenness is this: that God does not break just to break. Judgment does not come on sin just, just because God's mad at the sinner. But God deals with us to make of us what he'd like for us to be. Over in Hosea, we read this verse a couple of times already. In Hosea chapter 12, uh, look at verse 2. I want to read. I'll just read this for our text. The Lord hath also a controversy with Judah, and will punish Jacob according to his ways, according to his doings, will he recompense him? He took his brother by the heel in the womb, and by his strength he had power with God. Yea. He had power over the angel and prevailed. He wept and made supplication unto him. He found him in Bethel, and there he spake with us. Even the Lord God of hosts, the Lord is his memorial. Therefore turn thou to thy God, keep mercy and judgment, and wait on thy God continually. And I'll stop there he prevail he he prevailed by weeping look at verse number four he prevailed by weeping and making supplication so the principle of brokenness he became great after God broke him had god not broken him he would have been he would have been he would have passed off the scene and, and without any heritage. And what God is saying is he didn't just have a heritage here, but he had a heritage in God. And he had power with God. So in, that's the principle of brokenness. That's just the principle. That's a Bible principle. You can apply it to Job. You can apply it to Jonah. You can apply it with... Uh, Moses and many others that God had to break, David and others. Some, some were broken because of sin and never repented and washed out. But the principle of brokenness is this that I'm trying to present is this, that God deals with us and just make sure you know that if you know and don't do, he'll hold you accountable. And But when he does that, he brings us to a place that he can use us and we can deal with him and know that he is able to deliver us. And so, so that's the principle. And, uh, Anything great, that here's, here's what was written down. Anything great God has done or ever will do is through a broken life. So I got three examples tonight and I don't know if I can get through all three of them. The first one is redemption comes through a broken Savior. That's such a big subject I don't know if I can get past it. But... Uh, I would like to look with you. I've been studying in Luke. It's y'all's fault I got into that prayer thing in Luke and got we surveyed the whole book of Luke. In Luke chapter 9 verse 51, there's a verse. It has changed everything that I read in Luke. 9.51 says, And it came to pass, when the time was come that he should be received up. He's talking about Jesus. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. When the time was come that he should be received up. That's talking about the ascension. Oh, wait a minute. Between chapter 9 of Luke and the ascension to heaven, what's coming? I mean there's a there's a persecution, there's a scourging, there's a false trial, there's a brokenness at the cross of Calvary, there's even death. And he's gotta face that for you and me if He becomes our Savior. So, I'm going to make a statement from from verse 51 of chapter 9 of Luke. The rest of the book of Luke is the journey to the cross and the purchase on the cross. I mean, there's a... We 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 were in Luke 15 last Sunday, four parables. But it's on the way to the cross. He's on his way to Jerusalem. He's come in Luke in Luke chapter nine. Jesus is still up there in the north country, up in Galilee. But now it's it's time for him uh to be received up god's timetable but but if he becomes the savior the son of man is come but for to s- seek and to save the lost that's his purpose is that's the that's the key verse of luke so er, er, from here on i've got verses let me just flip to a couple of them with you. Chapter 10, verse 1. 10-1. Now we're, we have left nine, and now we're headed toward Jerusalem with Jesus. After these things, the Lord appointed another other 70 also, and sent them two by two before his face. And we've heard that before, haven't we? You've heard about the 70 being sent out to preach. I've studied it. I've even probably preached it. But I never caught this. And and uh, they sent them two by two. Listen, listen to this. Before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come. Where are you going, Jesus? I'm going to Jerusalem. Where did that 70 go preach? In the villages and along the wayside all the way to Jerusalem ahead of him. They prepared the people for the message. I, I hadn't got this message put together. I just got a bunch of verses that I've been studying. But, but between chapter 9 and about chapter 19, uh, what I believe Jesus was doing was giving the Jews one more chance. You, I'm here. You can accept me. If you accept me, I, you'll be my vessel to carry the Savior to the whole world. You're my chosen people. Mm-hmm. But he came into his own, and his own received him not. And so, and so he's on the trail. Look down to chapter 13. 13 verse 22 says, And he went through the cities and the villages teaching, listen to this verse, and journeying toward Jerusalem. He went through the cities and the villages teaching, so those four parables we heard Sunday, they were just some of the things that he was teaching on his way to Jerusalem. That's what this verse says. 13, 22 down to 34 and 5. See, here's Jesus. Here's Jesus' lament over Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent to thee. I've got this underlined read in my Bible. How often would I? And then the verse says, Have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under wings. And here's the red mark. And ye would not. I would, but you wouldn't. How often would I, but you would not. Look at 35. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. And verily I say unto you, ye shall not. You, You have said no too many times. And now you shall not see me until the time come. When you'll say, "Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord," he said, "I've come here. I've come here to do a work for you. I've come here to do." A, hey, want well, to take those verses and apply them to ourselves? How many times I'm trying to write a letter? I'm trying to write a prayer letter, an evangelist prayer letter to send out right now. That's hard to do if you don't, if you haven't been any, anywhere evangelizing, but. Uh, but here's what I see and what I'm going to write about I know y'all are interested in that the churches I go to we're coming out of the pandemic we're in this thing called a recession and uh, looks like looks like everything in our government went upside down and Morally, we're corrupt and bankrupt and everything's messed up in America, including the churches. Most every church I hear of or talk to or go to have never come back from the pandemic. I mean, the the congregation is not back where it was. Some of those folks that got used to drinking coffee and watching the message in their pajamas on Sunday morning decided that's a much easier way to serve the Lord. It's not assembling yourself, that's not the commandment of God. But that's, but you, well, I took, I, I went over, I've been studying those seven churches in Revelation. Ever since I preached a message here on Revelation chapter 1, I've been studying those seven churches. I can't get over Ephesus. Ephesus is the first church, the biggest church, the most hard-working church. I mean, they're working their heads off. And after he compliments them for all their work, he said, but I've got somewhat against you. And you've done a lot of good things. And he names them. There's three things he names that they did. But then he said, but you have left your first love. And what I see in churches today is folks that are struggling and trying and wanting to, but we forgot about loving on Jesus. We forgot about growing up close to the Savior. We forgot about the thrill when he comes and and puts an arm around us and 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 makes things right in our heart. It's that personal relationship with Him. That's where the excitement is. And when we... I, I'm going to try to say some stuff kindly, but when we get to that cold place where we no longer are ha- in that first love, that honeymoon stage with Jesus. Do you remember when you... Just got saved and, man, you wanted to be in church every day. You Whatever was going on, you wanted to be part of it and you couldn't do enough, you couldn't say enough, you couldn't tell it enough. If we back off from that, we cannot blame God. It's us. It's us that need revival. It's us that need renewing. So, I don't know how I got off on that. Y'all don't get me off subject like that. So over to chapter 18, we're on our way to Jerusalem. 1831 says, He took unto him twelve and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. For he delivered unto the Gentiles he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles and shall be mocked and spitefully entreated and spitted on, and they shall scourge him and put him to death, and the third day he'll rise again. Now get verse thirty four. And they understood none of these things. None. They did not understand anything he told them. I, I was telling, me and Jeff were, was doing some Bible study about this trip to Jerusalem through this gospel, and I, I told him that I preached on Mary breaking the box, and I love that message. It was two days before Passover. She broke the box just before he went to Calvary. He said, quit criticizing her. She has anointed my body for the burial. Mm -hmm. Out of all the disciples and all the Jews and all the Pharisees and all the people that were there that day? There was only one person that had any discernment of the of what we're going to Jerusalem for, and it was Mary of all people. I mean, you if you read all the Gospels, all the whole disciple band uh, criticized her for breaking the box. Judas had them all fooled, and they all fell in with him. So uh, so anyway and well you can go I'm, I'm not going to go further but you can go to 22. Let's uh, yeah, I will go further. Let's go to 22. I want to show you these verses right here. 22 Chapter 22 Verse 13 says And they went and found as he had said unto them. What he had said unto them: You go find that guy who has carrying a pitcher of water, and you follow him, and you say to the master of the house, "Where's the room that's prepared for the Passover?" Because the master's ready. He wants. It. And they and they went and found it as he said. Two days later, they found it just like he said it to be. And they made ready the Passover. And so the, he, gives you the, he gives you the story of the last Lord's Supper, the Passover with his people, 14, 15, all the way down to 18. And then verse 19 he says, And he took bread and gave thanks, and brake it, and gave unto them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And then he talks about the cup and being the blood. Look over to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Some of you probably already know 1 Corinthians 11 is the instructions for us, the church. It's a remembrance of that Passover, that last Passover meal. He says in verse 23, 11 23, I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that, that the Lord Jesus, see he's writing to the church now, understand this, Paul is writing to the church that I delivered unto you that the Lord Jesus the same night which he was betrayed took bread. 24. And when he had given thanks he brake it. And it's clearer here. And said take eat. This is my body which Luke said which is given for you. But Paul said which is broken for you. A broken Savior. He said this do in remembrance of me. The the holiness of that that, uh, bread and the blood and the the, uh, grape juice. The holiness of it all is that we look back to that cross where our Savior died for us. It's a holy time. And... uh, A sacred time. And he said, and he said, as oft as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. There's three times he says, remember, 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 but then he says, I'm going to drink that juice with you in heaven one of these days. We'll have us a celebration when you all get there. So it's not all looking back. It's still going on. So the brokenness of the of the, uh, 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 Savior, verse 24. I want to look over to Psalms. I thought we'd get further tonight, but I can see we're not going to. <laughs> Psalm 69. There's... Uh, there's lots of places to look in the psalm. 69. This is the. This is. This is a psalm of David. And he's writing. He's. This is the. This is the. Uh, writing. uh the prayer, his prayer toward the Lord, and I, I'd like to go back and read some of those other verses, but I'm not going to. I'm going to start with 18. Draw nigh unto my soul and redeem it. What I've got, my, main, my big point here is redemption only comes through a broken Savior. What does redemption mean? Redemption means that every one of us come into the slave market and the devil makes a bid for our soul but God sent the savior with the price of redemption and he if we're saved you know it takes four it takes four greek words to say redemption he bought us in the slave market but when he bought us in the slave market, he brought us out of the slave market. We never go back to the slave market. We now belong to him. He purchased us. He's able. He's, he's able to keep that which we have committed unto him. No man's able to pluck me, pluck you out of my father, out of my hand, and and uh, and, and then he says, and out of my father's hand. John 10 and so he bought us in the slave market he bought us, the next word says he brought us out of the slave market and then the third word says that he purchased us now I belong to Jesus this world has no part of me being born again literally means born from above anothen is the is the Greek word born from above, born from another world. I'm no longer part of this world. I'll never be a part of the slave market again. I now belong to him, and we're living on a different plane. And then there's a fifth one that says, because I belong to him, I'll never go back. I mean, he completely redeemed us. But it took the breaking of our Savior. Completely. I, I sh- we could have read over in, you go over to John, chapter 19. It's, I'm not going to read it, but you go to 19. The first thing happened, he's before Herod's soldier. Remember that? And they'd form that crown of thorns. they take his clothes off of him, put a cloak on him, and put a reed in his hand, and then they begin to slap him and say, okay, king, who hit you? Pulling his beard and spitting in his face all night long. And then he goes before Pilate at the Gabbatha, that raised judgment hall. And they can't go in that judgment hall till daylight. Those Jews, uh, those Jews, Take him to the, to the, Gabbatha and and uh, but Pilate has to, Pilate says I find no fault in him and and they say crucify him and the Bible says that Pilate scourged him and then sent him away to be crucified. It's all in Luke 22 twenty two uh, or long in there. So he's been he's been be, he's been beaten and and just molested all night long by these by these haired soldiers now he's turned over to the scourging a cat of nine tails by the time they most those Roman soldiers who swung that cat of nine tails, could take take you apart bone by bone with it. They were experts. When they got through with him, there was nothing left of his back but just ribbons of flesh and blood. That's all there was. It was completely torn. And then, if you read that passage... I'll I'll just get over it, get it out of the Bible for you. Uh, Let's see if I can get here. Uh, verse 26 They led, as, as they led him away I'm in 23, 26 as, I, as they led him away they laid hold on one Simon a Cyrenian coming out of the country and, and on him they laid the cross that they might bear it after Jesus 30, 33, and when they were come to the place which is called Calvary. I know some of you ladies got a cross, some of you men probably do too. Times have changed, but you got a cross you wear around your neck. You know, it was a wicked place, it was a filthy place. Can you imagine? They're shedding blood there every day. You ever been around where blood is shed? You, you can, you can, you can, I, I've, I've butchered a lot of deer. You can cut that deer and that blood starts running every fly in the country will be there. They'll swarm on you. Can you imagine this place where they're shedding the blood of people every day? Can you imagine the filthiness of that place? We can't imagine it. They didn't wash it. They didn't clean it. There was nothing glorious about it. It was a wicked, wicked place. And it says, There they crucified him and the malefactors. That's those bad men. Those thieves. One on the right hand, the other on the left. And uh, and so the crucifixion. Did I get through with Psalm 69? I don't think so. Psalm 69. He says, "Draw nigh unto my soul and redeem it. Deliver me because of mine enemies." Thou hast known my reproach, my shame, my dishonor. Mine adversaries are all before thee. Look at verse 20 now. Reproach hath broken my heart. And I'm full of heaviness. I looked for some to take pity, but there was none. And for comforters, but I found none. And they gave me gall for my meat. And in my thirst they gave me vinegar. And so anyway. And Jesus. 46 when he cried with a loud voice. He said father into thy hands. I commend my spirit. It was only after the brokenness. Completely broken. Broken like no man's ever been broken. Broken. Despised, Isaiah 52 and 53 He said behold my servant Be, he, he's, he bears reproach Like no man's ever bore reproach Despised and rejected a man He's broken This verse said his heart was broken And he'd been all alone So in in 24, we will come to his ascension. Chapter 24, you'll come to his ascension, his resurrection. This is the Easter message in in 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the sepulchre. Bringing spices and so on, right? And uh, we hear that—that's—that's that's when you sing, "He lives, He lives." You ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart. Amen. A broken redemption only comes through a broken Savior. Maybe I got time to give you this second point. I've got three points. Redemption comes through a broken Savior. Regeneration comes through a broken sinner. And restoration comes through a broken saint. And I I, I won't deal with the saint. I know that. Let's look over to Matthew. Chapter number 21. Well, let, we're here in Luke. Let's look at 20. Look at Luke 20. You can go either place. I'm going to go to both places. Luke ch- chapter 20, verse 17. Now he's in the, now he's in Gethsemane. Uh, no, he's not to Gethsemane yet. He's given them this parable of the vineyard how the fellow planted the vineyard and then, the, you know, the servants were killed and then the son went and the, the Lord said, they won't, they won't despise my son and, and the son was killed and cast out. And he, he beheld them, verse 17, and he beheld them and said, what is this then that is written The stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. Whosoever whosoever shall fall upon that stone shall be broken. But on whosoever it it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. Matthew 21. It's a parallel passage. Matthew 21. Verse number 42. Jesus said, saith unto them, verse 42, Did you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders have rejected? The same has become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing and is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I say unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. He's saying, moving it from the Jews to the Gentiles. That's what he's saying. And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken. He is the stone, he is the head of the corner whoever falls on this stone shall be broken. You can't hear. Here's what's wrong. I know I've said this so many times you're probably tired of hearing it. Here's what's wrong with this idea that if if I want to be saved all I got to do is invite Jesus in my heart. And I can go ahead and smoke my cigarettes. I can drink my beer. I can go to the joints. I can just go on and have a good time because he's a good old boy. That's the theology of the radio that's the theology the popular theology that's the theology of the cowboy church that's the theology of the of the play like churches those whitewashed churches no blood no sacrifice no sorrow no sin just a good happy 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 all the time But what he said is, whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken. He's not talking about those rejected. He's talking about those accepted. So what's the breaking all about? It's about my sin. It's that sin that separated me from God to start with. It's the sin that must be dealt with if I become a child of God. It's only, the only salvation is at the cross of Calvary. And at the cross is a place of breaking. You come away bloody when you've been to the cross. But on whosoever it shall fall, it'll grind him to powder. The judgment that erases I mean, there's no name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and He'll say, "Depart from me, you that work of iniquity." I never knew you, and they go to eternal darkness, a place of no God, no recognition. They go, they go to be forgotten, forever, ground down to powder. That life that could have been lived. For the Lord. So. So. Uh, regeneration then. You fall on the rock. You'll be broken. But you'll be saved. Amen. I'm talking about this principle of brokenness. I'll, we'll get to the. Pattern and the. All of the rest of it. One of these days. if we ever get there. But look back on your, if you're saved, most everybody here is saved, just about. They might not be 100%, but if you're saved, look back on your life. I just just dealt with that pastor tonight, or this afternoon, with a 48-year-old daughter who sung specials in his church, was saved as a teenager, and loved the Lord. Had three children. She lost her husband, lost her children. He said those children came. They had, those grandchildren had kind of rejected him because they rejected mom and he was trying to take care of mom. He He said, nothing ever happens if there's not some good comes, Brother Wayne. He said, Funeral day, they said, we're going to come and see y'all and try to get acquainted with you. It's tough, isn't it? You think he wasn't broken? Well, sure he was. If If it was your children, you'd be broken too. But look at it. Look at it. We fell on the rock, and even in the breaking, there's that hope and joy and peace. Somebody was talking to me today about trying to encourage someone at a a lost, was that you, Bob? Trying to encourage some family that had a lost, Hey, I've done it a hundred times. I, I preached funerals. I probably preached, I may not preached two or three hundred funerals when I was in Alvin, Texas. I preached all the funerals for three funeral homes for people that had no pastor. I got to see the worst cases you can see. I got, I got to deal with people that had no idea that there was, was even a rock. It's hard to console a lost person about death. There's not but one way you do it, and that's to take them to the rock. Let them come to that place where they can be encouraged. It'll take a breaking, but then we have that hope. Regeneration comes through a broken center. If you get saved, get ready for it. You're gonna to have to be broken. You're, I mean, there has to be a day when you're sorry for your sins. Has to be a day when, when you say, "God, forgive me for my, for for the wickedness of my life." And hey, that day never leaves a Christian. I mean, about every day you got to say. Lord, I failed you again today, right? right. right. I wish I could live to your standard, but I can't. I just need you to come and nurse me back to health spiritually one more time. Forgive me one more time. In the brokenness, there's forgiveness. I'm on.